but thank you. So just, uh, just uh, it's late already. So just, uh, just a few words of uh, of conclusions, uh, if we have time. Yeah. So I think. Uh, can you hear me? Huh? So I think it has been a, it has been a fascinating day. I mean, the breadth of the issues. Uh, I mean, we have been uh, from uh, Ukraine, uh, uh, more uh, micro uh, market design issues, and of course the highlights of the day, the energy union. Um, I think the, the energy union it's uh, it's it's mind-boggling. It's uh, it's good food for thought, especially if you think about it in the in the context of uh, of the European Union as it is uh, as it is today. And if you if you when you read the communication and uh, the the fancy uh, 15 uh, action points, uh, it looks it it looks tasty. It looks like fine cuisine. It's conceptual. Uh, it's appealing, but at the end of the meal, uh, you can uh, stay a little bit uh, hungry. And I think there are two reasons for that. Uh, there are two sides, uh, two sides of the story. It depends if you are an optimist or if you are uh, a pessimist. So if you feel optimistic, you keep in mind uh, the history of the European Union. And for example, you keep in mind what two officials of the Commission said uh, to Jean-Michel uh, recently in a nice series of interviews, the Energy Union, its boss a process and a narrative. This is what it is at the end. And the union itself is a process. And in the treaty, we talk about creating a never-closer union. I mean, that's the commitment of member states. And it's not the first time we face difficulties. I mean, back in the 80s, when you had the oil, the, the, the oil sharks, I mean, the, the union was stuck. And then we needed a grand master plan. And uh, we had the single market project, sponsored already by Jacques Delors, and uh, what was needed, a grid ambition with a concrete plan. And of course, to implement a grid ambition, you need political momentum, and to get political momentum, you need a narrative. And then, you are, and then, if, you are in, and then if you are in good mood, you realize that after all, we can do great things with the tools we have in energy. You want to give more power to Acer? Okay, Commission seems on board with that. This is a, this is a change, uh, so be it. You want, uh, uh, for example, to, yeah, you want to foster cooperation at sub-union level. The Commission seems to be on board with that, uh, so be it. So there's, and you think uh, uh, that there's still a lot of potential, even if we use all competition and internal market tools, which I think are a bit uh, despised, that are despised a bit, uh, a bit easily by by, by some, commentator, some commentators. I don't need, to, I don't need to remind you that there is an ongoing gas problem at the Commission for abuse of dominance where the Commission will be able to test the full magnitude of its competition powers with potentially huge repercussions. However, if you are a pessimist, of course, you may see things otherwise. And you ask yourself, the energy union, well, is it really ambitious? Well, it's, this is ambitious only in the sense that it spells out what might be possible to put on the menu, taking into account 20 different guests with different tastes and even allergies. But adding a little bit of spices does not make it nouvelle cuisine. Well, the truth is that, to my mind, frictions among member states are important at the moment. Our East European friends are focusing on security of supply. And then greening the economy cannot be a priority if you don't know if the lights will stay on. Our West European friends, they find that greening the economy is cool, but they don't want to fit the bill. And I want to remind you also what happens with the UK on the, on the nuclear case. Huh? The Commission gave the green light, and for the first time in history, maybe another member state is going to oppose, I won't say which member state here, 
Another member state might be opposing that green light before the court. It's not the first time only in the history of energy markets. It's the first time in the history of the European Union. And then you start to think in your gloomy, pessimistic mood that energy po policy is very much an allegory to the European Union. A never-ending process of adding, of adding up layers of rules and complexifying the tools we use, like super fancy auctions and the rainbow certificates, and um, uh, so the, a lot more rules, but also public inaction in a world that is changing very fast, as we have seen uh, lately at the borders of the European Union. So public inaction, inaction, how much time do we need to get a kilometer of infrastructure off the ground compared to China? Overall, a big, deep, and more generalized problems of governance. And to be honest, I think uh, in the communication, for example, that was something that was interesting, the few, the few, the few words on that issue. So of course, uh, please do not get me wrong, the institutional machinery of the European Union as a whole is intellectually brilliant, to some fine legal mind to come up with this method and with these institutions, but yet where are the checks and balances? And the truth for me is that the union is appealing, but heavily undermined by intergovernmentalism. And, and energy policy is a perfect illustration of that. If you think that what we need first is a true vision, a governance frame, and solidarity, which is a core treaty principle, then you wonder whether a bit of salt and paper understand process and narrative will do the trick. Of course, I can't help but notice that in the first page of the commission, there is seven times the word vision, and I'm still failing to find even one. So all in all, all, in all what we might need is not just to reshuffle bits and pieces of energy policy. It's for the new generation to rethink the union method as a whole around concepts such as network and differentiated integration. So let me take now uh, a little, uh, this opportunity uh, to tell you a bit more what we will do uh, at the uh, energy law uh, area of the France School this year. Uh, um, we will do uh, our next workshop uh, in May in Brussels. We'll be talking about market design and state aids. Uh, we will uh, have uh, our uh, yearly summer school in May, uh, which is open to everybody interested, and also a specialized training um, on uh, advanced uh, issues in stated in energy in June, also in Brussels, and uh, we will have a book launch about uh, uh, yes our new book uh, with Lee and, and Malganzata on uh, energy capacity mechanisms. Uh, this should be out in September. So finally, uh, on behalf of Foreign School, I want to thank uh, all of you for coming and for helping us. Uh, contributing to the workshop, to the maturing of the process, and to the maturing of ideas. I want to thank uh, the Energy Community Secretariat, Dirk, Janesh, Rosetta. Uh, when we started that initiative two years ago, our idea was to foster mutual understanding. This is also the way uh, you built uh, solidarity. Uh, I mean, the Energy Community, thanks to you, is uh, mentioned in the, in the communication. And the face of our two communities are definitely linked. So I think uh, what we have done, we can be proud of it. Uh, it's uh, 125 persons, uh, participants in the workshop this year. It was the same last year. So next year, uh, I hope we'll come back because I think this is a very good, uh, very good, very good initiative. I want to thank um, Malgorzata Zadowska. I don't know where. She, uh, yeah, Malgorzata, who is our coordinator. She's not only a, a brilliant academic, 
But this initiative, with all the events we, uh, we have with the order, wouldn't be possible. Uh, then I want to thank our partners of the day, GasConnect, uh, Starlinger Meyer, TAC, and EVN. Thank you very much. And of course, thank you very much to uh, the, f the sponsors of the Foreign School of Regulation. Without them, our initiative would not be able to flourish uh, the, way, the way it does. So thank you very much all for coming, and I wish you all a safe journey home.